Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women that have taken part in the Practice Makes Some Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So tell me hi and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank so you before we kick me. off, let's hear a bit about you. Uh, do you want to tell us where you work, what you do there, what you did previous to there, all that sort of stuff? Um, so yeah, sure. So as I said, my name is Tammy. I'm a software engineer and I'm working currently at A Million Ads, which is an ad tech company. Um, previously, I have worked in HR. That's also where I did my postgraduate in. But I've come from a pretty diverse background, so I've also I did my undergraduate in social work. Um, so that's pretty much kind of explaining why I'm talking about the topics I am talking because I'm I try to connect the dots really. Um, and talking about the more of the people topics when it comes to engineering as well. Okay, great. I mean, it's interesting you say connect the dots, and it's not the natural career path, I guess, for most people. You're you know, you're a software engineer now, to million ads, and I say it's not not the normal path. So let's talk about what 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 has struck you most when you first became a software engineer. Yeah, um, I guess that's actually me becoming a software engineer in the first place um where it comes from is that i felt like that it was me this woman from the bavarian forest able to become an engineer um, finally working in tech um, i've come from a place where there are not a lot of female role models when it comes to engineering or the it sector um, and this is what then was suddenly this dream coming true like I can do this um, because basically I mean this industry is still very heavily male-led um, so this is what struck me the most um, and for example in the engineering UK report they also have the data and for example in June 2020 this year sorry um, it says the numbers that still only 14.5% of all engineers are women, which is a pretty low number. And it kind of explains my initial idea of, are women even working in engineering? Is this a place for me? Um, so this struck me. But on the flip side, also the amount of effort that goes into it, supporting girls and women finding their path into engineering um, with boot camps that are purely focused, a lot of them purely focused on women, a lot of courses, communities, institution, um, which I found a really nice place to be in then, actually. So what made you, what I'm interested, what made you uh, want to make this shift? Because obviously social work, HR, software engineering, it's, it's not, not a normal path. So what made you decide to go into this? I was always interested in computers. It just wasn't, as I said, didn't struck me as something that I would be working in as an engineer. Um, but I was also always interested in people. So, and that was more of a normal, traditional um, career path to go into. So I was doing the social work. I realized, yeah, I love that, but I might, might want to do it in a more of a business setting. So then I switched my mindset from, okay, let's not do social work, let's do human resources then. 
Um, so I worked, I studied that in Edinburgh, and then I worked in this field for a couple of years, and I liked it. It's nice, but my last role was in a software engineering company, so um, where they're dealing with cybersecurity products. And then suddenly, especially being in London, being surrounded by all of those engineers and also a couple of female engineers, I was just like, this is so cool. This is this is what I would love to do as well, actually. Is there any chance that I could get into this? And then I looked um, online and talked to people that did a boot camp, that did several courses, and I tried it out, did my first lines of codes and was like, this is amazing. And then I just, yeah, took it from there. So what what are these? You said you're trying to join the dots between the your sort of different parts of your of your career history. What have you found? What is joining them, joining joining it up? When I'm talking about joining the dots, then that's more about not just looking at engineering from a technical perspective, because it's not just about creating a product from writing a couple of lines of codes, but what is very often disregarded the social aspect in it, that there's lots of talking to people, um, how much management actually plays a part. Um, and yeah, and what this actually includes, you know, to create great products, you need to have a diverse range of people with different backgrounds, different skill sets, different industry, different genders. And I'm not talking about only women and men. This is always very black and white. I'd like to say that there are more people being non-binary, transgender. So kind of all the, yeah, just talking about those topics that are not usually discussed when it comes to engineering. I'm talking about what else is in there, which touches more of the people side when you look at it. Okay, it's fascinating. Now, what you, as you pointed out, it's it's traditionally seen as a as a, a male dominated industry, and that's that's kind of changing, I guess, slowly like many other industries. But what have you seen as, as the difference between how you know you are treated as a woman coming in the industry and how men are treated, and how you've seen the change happening? Mm-hmm. I guess since I'm not working in this field for like years and years, I'm not very senior. I can't really talk about the difference. Like, oh, this is what I perceive um, a male colleague was treated and this is how I was treated. What I experienced was that everyone was very open-minded. Like my whole team is very open-minded towards diversity, very much aware of the lack of female engineers and any other engineers that are not necessarily male and are working towards it, make you feel really welcome, um, send you to courses like the Practice Makes Unperfect, actually, to support you as a woman in your professional career, um, to be more confident and to do what you're doing in a confident way. It's, just, it's really great to hear you say you know, there's lots of awareness that I mean, that's where you are now. Um, what are the things that you personally would like to see I mean, happen at companies, not necessarily where you're working now, but generally what could make the industry more welcoming to a diverse range of people, do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually quite interesting because I saw a couple of um, data on this that 
looked at the perceptions about engineering between men and women or girls. It was actually girls and boys at school age. And apparently more boys find engineering a more desirable career path and have a positive view on engineering and girls do less so. So it's of no surprise that out of them being already a smaller amount of people kind of thinking about engineering, then even less will end up in engineering, I guess. Um, so I think where we would need to start would actually be at the school age to show them what is actually involved. It's not about when you watch movies and you watch The Matrix, someone typing in and you see all this like black screen and all the numbers that it's not like that. So basically for any of my colleagues, myself, anyone else that is an advocate for women and other people engineering, come into schools, have talks, show them what you're doing, um, invite them maybe for internships early on that they can actually see how it looks like. And of course, if they still think that's not for me, we don't wanna force anyone to go into this field, but at least we'd like to show them what it is like so they can make an educated decision on their later careers. Okay, that's interesting. What would you say then for someone, what's your advice for someone that's sort of looking at software engineering and thinking, mm, that's kind of interesting, maybe I like the sound of the look of it, but actually, is it for me? I'm not quite sure I've got the right skills and experience. I'm, I'm not a man. You know, what was your advice to someone who, who wants to get into it but doesn't really know how and where to start? Mm-hmm. I would always say first reach out to people that are doing it at the moment. So I know it's a bit of a buzzword when it comes to networking, but this is what I found really important as well and brought me to where I am, basically. Um, It's networking. It's reaching out to people that are actually doing it. I have not ever met a more welcoming community than the deaf community, actually. Everyone is so keen on helping people and supporting people on sharing their experience and knowledge so um, joining maybe groups if that's on LinkedIn or some more informal groups and just asking all the questions that are on your mind um, and then take it from there if you like to if you want to see whether that's for you or not then there are a couple of online courses which are for free which you could look into and if of course after 20 hours of doing so you're like oh that's really not something I could see myself doing for the rest of my life fair enough but at least you've you've tried it that's really good keep asking questions always the best advice I think now what I'm interested in also is you talked about the people side and you said it's not just you know sitting in a room and it's not just the matrix and uh, obviously your background past careers were very people-based so and you talked about the points of teams and software engineering but what other elements of of you know interpersonal skills and the importance of people and how do they play a role again taking away from this cliched image of of a man in a basement typing something on the computer you know what what interpersonal skills play a role in this in this field mm-hmm. um i would say for example that you'd like to that you'd like to talk to people in a way um, 
I mean, it depends on the role, but most of the time you can't really get away with not talking to people. Like there's always someone you have to update on something. So it's at the very least it's that you update what you're doing so they know where you're at. But in an even better way, you would actually actively engage with the business. Um, And this can't be done by not saying anything. So being a bit like, I know that the idea is that engineers are probably a bit nerdy and they don't like to people, don't like to talk to people, but it's, it's not like that. You actually have to do that every day and you have to share your updates. So kind of doing that and being curious about what others are doing and interacting with them. Um, I would say it's not an interpersonal skill, but a bit of project management even. You have different stakeholders um, that want something from you and you need to be able to actually talk to them in ways that make sense to them especially in such a very technical field like engineering. If you're just talking about, I wrote this functions and they are doing this and this, that might not help your user. Like they don't understand this. They don't want to know what functions you've written. You need to be able to actually sell what you're doing in an understandable way for everyone who's not in engineering. And I think this is very important. So the communication part about it. Mm, interesting. So the consumer, you talk about the end, the end consumer, and I guess me and ads is uh, the end consumer is you or me seeing ads. Um, so how much is the consumer sort of in your in your head when, when you're when you're working, when you're developing um, software? You know, are you always thinking of the end consumer that will use these products? Yes, I would say probably to ninety percent, um, because if if you're building something, if you're in your silo and just like, I'm going to build this because I think that's cool, that doesn't help the business. That might help you being happy about what you're doing, but that doesn't help the business in the end. So we are very keen of knowing, is this actually something our users need? So we have, we're very lucky to have a lot of internal users that give us direct feedback and then we just iterate over it and kind of go through it and, and improve in that way. Um, but we know that there are also external users. So always having the user in mind just saves you from, first of all, doing a lot of work, which you can then get rid of because it turned out that actually no one wants that. And secondly, knowing that your work has a purpose, you're not just like typing on your keyboard, not knowing is this needed or not. You feel that there's a purpose behind this. And I said 90% because the 10% is also about how are we working for the engineering team to create a nice process so that others could come in and understand what I was doing, could continue with where I was left at. So that's also something to always keep in mind. Fantastic. Well, Tammy, it was great spending time with you. It's lovely to hear a, a different side of software engineers. I think you really have humanised it and make people look at it in a different ways. So that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.